Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, you. Welcome to Secret Artists Podcast. My name's Annie McGrath. I am the host of the podcast and I'm joined today by brilliant stand-up comedian Jess Fosterkew, who I absolutely adore. We talk about weightlifting, food in art, and we discuss the sculpture which has sparked much controversy this week in the art world, Maggie Hambling's statue for Mary Wollstonecraft, the mother of feminism. Enjoy the episode and remember to rate, review, subscribe. Also, if you want to see mine and Jess's paintings and drawings that we do throughout the episode, then follow us on Instagram and Twitter at secretartpod. See you on the other side. Jess Fosterkew is a brilliant comedian, actor and writer whose show, Hench, was nominated for Dave's Edinburgh Comedy Award Best Show at the Edinburgh Festival last year. Jess has been in numerous TV shows as an actor and stand-up. Things like Motherland, Cuckoo, QI, Live at the Apollo, Harry Hill's Club Night and lots more. Jess regularly co-hosts the Guilty Feminist podcast and has her own podcast, The Hoovering Podcast, which I had the pleasure of being on recently. We chatted about food, ate fish finger sandwiches and had a lovely time. So check Yay. that out. Um, now, though, I'm delighted to have Jess on my podcast. Yes, so, please. Hello and welcome. Thanks for having me. Do you consider yourself an artist? I don't really know whether you're no, that way. I, I'm of inclined. the... Um, oh, um, do you mean, do I consider stand-up to be uh, art? Well, yeah, that, yes. But I, also, um, I just... Yeah, let's talk about I that. I don't, first. actually. I think it's craft. Mm. I don't really know what the difference is between art and craft. But... Um, I don't think anyone I, does. No, I, yeah, exactly. I just think it, maybe it sounds less pretentious to call it craft. And I think I don't feel very like, um, I'm not someone who thinks I can stand up to beautiful art. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. So no, um, no, I don't consider myself to be an artist. And if you meant more like, do I do things that I would think are art, even for fun or hobbies? No, um, mm-hmm. but... I have a five-year-old, so I am forced mm. into joining in with art. And is he into it then? Does he like really drawing and painting? Oh. Yeah, he really is. And he's just recently added artists to the list of jobs that he's going to have when he's older. He wants to Uh-oh, be... Uh-oh, that's a worry for you. Yeah, he wants... Well, it, there was a worse one, even worse one. He wants to be a spaceman, a, nice. a firefighter, a weightlifter, 
a clown. <laughs> that was the really worrying one. Oh, God. Um, All quite traditionally male jobs. Yeah, a police person. Did I say that one? And um, um, and now an artist. Mm, quite a range mm. of, like, yeah, as I said, quite masculine, like fighting, protection, security, and then sort of creative as well. Yeah. I, I, uh, he is... I. I it's definitely a lot for me, but he's like a really comical mixture of, um, like, he's like a really camp thug, basically. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, it, it's, um, he will be like sort of a mixture of really creative and fey and also really violent. <laughs> Amazing. So Where do you think nice he gets that from? Absolutely me. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I want to talk about the, your choice of muse. You've sent this rather beautiful photograph well mm. I'll let you explain it it's your dad and your nephew is yeah right? yeah my nephew so um I my um my dad is like he's a scraggly mess of a man but he's very very funny very naughty but also yeah. very angry um he likes to drink um and he for context so I I my Dear brother James was only 19, as was his girlfriend, when just over nine months ago they announced they were going to have a baby. And oh, wow. I, I think a lot of the family were like, okie dokie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, what else are you, you know, going to do in lockdown? They, yeah, do you know what I mean? So, so I mean, everybody, it, they are going to be fine and they're doing fine and now little baby Arthur is here but my oh, dad I is love that su- name. yeah it's my granddad's name who oh. sadly for James and Maria um when by the time they were to tell my granddad that they were having a baby and that they were naming it after him is sadly too far down the line in terms of memory loss <laughs> to understand when all right and then hang oh. up the phone um <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know who we are. All right, um, give a shit. Yeah, give a shit. Whereas, and this is, I, it was, it was one of the worst, but also funniest things in, that's happened in ages. When my, um, when my girlfriend met my dad for the first time, it was when um, baby Arthur was still in Maria's tummy, and um, my girlfriend's obviously like very sort of, uh, well, she's just very good socially, but like fires off lots of really lovely, interested, um, positive questions, and we were having dinner. Um, yeah. in a pub uh, garden and um, she said James and Maria were right there and she said to my dad are you looking forward to being a granddad again and my dad went no <laughs> um, <laughs> which is funny but also I think true like he would be the first one to say like absolutely not wish they weren't doing it they're ruining their lives um, and he is a very he's a very curmudgeonly but funny old bastard and he, um, when, after Arthur was born, and he's only a few weeks old, he's, he's probably about four weeks old as we're at the time of recording, but when they got home from hospital, you know, my brother had to beg dad to, he lives five minutes walk away, but to come round and mm. meet the baby. My dad just, he just couldn't give a shit, he just doesn't give a shit about things. And in the end, James had to go in his car and pick my dad up and bring <laughs> him round to them with the newborn and dad sat there for five minutes he wouldn't even have a beer he wouldn't hold him so too small um <laughs> and then um and then finally i got this picture from james which is what we're gonna work from of my dad with 
all this love in his scrubbly face, looking at this grandson that he reluctantly loves, feeding him a bottle of milk. And James was like, get in. Finally got a miserable old bastard, cuddler's grandson. Um, That's amazing. So, uh, it's the reluctant love. And, I, and Dad then, ironically, bragged to me. I got a text message saying, I've had a, I fed baby Arthur, I had a cuddle, because I'm yet mm. to meet him because of COVID. And, yeah. um, and Dad said, he's ever so tiny. I don't remember any of you being that tiny. And we all were. Um, yeah. he, he said, oh, but back then I probably wasn't allowed to hold you because of fag burns, which is true. He would have <laughs> oh, wow. so rarely not had a cigarette in his hand. But he probably wasn't allowed very early cuddles with us. That's brilliant. Yeah, so that sort of give you a picture of my dad. Yeah, you've given me a very vivid uh, tapestry of your family dynamic, and I don't think yeah. I'd have picked up on that from just this my, photo. I feel like I must say, in case anybody who sort of from my family listens to this, my mum's side of the family are a lot more functional. <laughs> Perfect. Like, cool, just pop that out there. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a disclaimer about your dad. Like, no, no, he is a good dad. It's like, no, no. No, the disclaimer no, no, no. is no, it's my mum's side of the I'm family. I'm 37. No, he's an amazing man, but and I am very like him in some ways, but equally, no, I don't think, I think he'd be the first person to say it's not. <laughs> it's, it's a lovely photo. I think also it looks like a sort of um, Renaissance painting. It looks like a sort of Dutch old master, like it could be a Rembrandt painting. Yeah. And the composition, I loved when you said he loves a drink because it, 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 amusingly he is holding a bottle of, what I assume is of breast milk or bottled yeah, milk just, yeah, normal. Yeah. into the baby's mouth. And it's quite a sort of, it, it's just a lovely image. And uh, yeah, perfect to paint. What are you going to start with, do you think? I was going to, I might, oh, I don't know where to start. Oh, God, I haven't done anything like this since school. I did used to really love art at school. I might yeah. start with his specs. Yeah, I was going to start with his nose. It's, um, I think this is going to be harder for you because you know both of the, um, the models, if you yes. will. I always think it's a bit more tricky when you're sort of emotionally think... invested. My dad's going to hate me doing this. <laughs> oh, yeah, did you ask him? No. That's fine. He won't he listen, really. He really likes it if I'm horrible about him. No, he won't. Um, I wanted to talk to you, Jess, about um, a sculpture which has sparked quite a lot of controversy in the art world this week. Uh, The Mother of Feminism, a statue by Maggie Hambling commemorating Mary Wollstonecraft. Yeah. And I wanted to know what you think of it as a sort of modern day feminist. Your show show was called Hench, about women being strong, not being ashamed to be hench. And I wondered what you thought of this sort of tiny, quite beautiful silver statue that's just been plonked in Newington Green? Um, I don't um, have strong feelings towards it other than of um, like amusement. I don't think I've had a very mature reaction to it. (laughs) That's interesting you say that. I find it strange that she's been popped atop what looks like an enormous phallus. Yeah. But I mean, maybe, you know, that's, I 
there's I understand the potential point being made there. One, I don't know why she's a nudie, but then I don't know anything about, you know, I'm not an expert, maybe that's how you do it. Um, <laughs> I At one point, um, when I see the sculpture, I chuckle because during the first lockdown, a friend and I grew our body hair out to an extent that we'd never done before, like armpits and everything. And at one yeah. point, she texted me to say that her pubic hair had got so long that she was able to tug, to tug it. <laughs> and the word tug uh, really, like, brought me a lot of joy. And I regularly think of that, tug, tug. Like, the idea of tugging your pubes have got so long. Yeah, could, tug and that's is like the, you only tug a rope, don't you? Yes, like you shit. tug a rope. It's not something you want to do. No, you don't really want to tug... Um, a tuppence, and they feel like they've given Mary the sculptress has gift sculptor has given Mary a sort of blow dried, tuggable, incredible piece of <laughs> yeah. Pu- puberty. Yeah, I so, agree with that. Yes, um, I um, went. I went to see it think? yesterday. I, right. Um, I wandered over there in lockdown and uh, had a look at it. And I, it's funny you say it amused you. I laughed immediately, but not so much because of the tuggable uh, pubes, more just how tiny it is. I just think anything oh, is that it is t- like she, she... extreme one way or another in terms of size is so funny. It's really tiny and it's like rested on top of the massive, as you say, like phallus type, um, I don't know how you describe it, a sort of tower of feminine anatomy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just the fact it's so small really amused me. But it did. It sort of. It looked quite magical. It was such a grey, like horrible autumnal cold day, and yeah. it's silver bronze. And it there was something quite sort of intriguing about it. Um, also, there was just so many people there to see it, which really, it, it, yeah, it felt like going back in time and just seeing like all these people had come to look at the artwork up in the town and. That's I think, nice. That's quite lovely, isn't it? That's a rare yeah. thing these days. I Especially as all like the it. other like galleries and exhibitions are shut and we're yeah. so used to seeing things on Instagram and online just on our phones. So there was something quite exciting about seeing some art in the flesh that was like just a free for all. Um, yeah. And literally so that, free as well. And like, I don't yeah. Know, yeah, that's a nice thing to go and... You can all safely, legally do during lockdown. There was one really (laughs) irritating guy on the phone. He was video calling someone about it, but he was like a real art history wanker. Oh, God. um, He was having a really loud video call and he said it was an eruption of feminism. And he (laughs) circling around the sculpture and just having this like, you know how people do in galleries have quiet, pretentious conversations. Yeah, he was, he was doing, doing that. that, and it felt Did you so have to perfect. Walk a long, long that... way to get to it. Um, I actually got the overground. Don't tell anyone. No, and then I walked. To <laughs> walked about ten minutes either end. But yeah, the fact he was a man circling this sculpture of a feminist by a woman that was, you know, making a point about uh, feminism, and he was sort of dictating the space around it, amused yeah. me. An explosion, um, an ejaculation explosion. of feminism. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but 
I can see why it's controversial because she's a tiny, tiny naked woman. (laughs) (laughs) A top what, though, as well? Like, it's not clear, is it? It's not at all clear (laughs) what the the, um, eruption... But there was a... um, it was. It took ten years for them to raise the money for this thing, and I think in total it was one hundred and forty-three thousand pounds that was spent on the sculpture. Oh so I can God. see why there's been a bit of sort of reaction to it. Yeah, fair play. Um, but I think if there were more sculptures of women, this one wouldn't seem so. This would just be a sort of controversial sculpture. But it would. I think the fact that it's like one of the few sculptures of women that we have, and it's tiny and it's naked, is the problem. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have any favourite artists? Mm. Oh, well, I'm an idiot at art. Like, <laughs> I worried about questions like that oh, we, before this we, began. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I no, just uh... drawn a little finger that's really made me laugh. Um, <laughs> show <it's>... me. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you my fingers. Oh, my computer's frozen. What was that? Oh yeah, nice. What's that? Thing? Mine are way Let's more wobbly that. than that. Can you see that? Oh, that's wobbly, nice. wobbly things. That's I like them. I think I can hopefully salvage it with some paint, but that could also make it worse. Only time will tell. Favorite artist? Uh, I don't know. I I don't have it that like I don't. I very rarely think. Oh, I hate that. Sometimes yeah. I'll see art and think, I don't get it, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Like, I f- mm-hmm. think with art, I have such um, I have a deep humility that I, you know, more than with music or anything else where, where, yeah. where I irrationally think I could have an opinion on what's good or not. With art, I'm like, well, I like, you know, like, I, this made me have that feeling. I, but I don't know anything. One of my dearest, oldest friends is um, like, a well, a few of them actually are clever clogs about art. But one of them was mm. like, when we when I was at uni, she was at the Courtauld and now she works for like big swanky arts people. And like, she just, let, she knows her staff. Oh, and, wow. Um, Where does she work? Can you remember? She is um, basically Steve... McQueen's agent. Oh wow! Now, that's an amazing job. Yeah, very he sounds cool. Like a a blooming legend. So yeah. that's the last. So actually, kind of like I don't know. The last thing I saw was his exhibition. I managed to see it between lockdowns at the Tate Modern. I yeah, so did amazing. I. I think. Yeah. Just, yeah. Exactly. In between, it was great, yeah. wasn't it? It was brilliant, and all the yeah, it was very um interesting. Also, the way it was shot, just with like the all you can see for the whole film is the back of the guy's head, isn't it? Yeah, that's so it. Yeah, it's scrimpling the words. Head. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Mm, right, I'm gonna tr- tempt Arthur's little tiny bird face now. I think. Mm, yeah, I'm on that. Oh. I really enjoyed doing your podcast, Jess. And You're I, lovely. I wondered what you think is the most artistic food. Oh, well, that's a good question. Thanks. What's the most artistic? <laughs> or maybe like the most artistic looking meal you've ever had or something. 
Oh, it's funny, isn't it? I I have never been brilliant at making food look um classy. Mm-hmm. Um but I do think you do lots of eating with your eyes. Like I think the idea of um certain colours and stuff make you like, whoa. Um yeah. like I just made I'm making like a a Nigella recipe later for a thing um for a podcast mm-hmm. and um it's like this donut bread but to go with it earlier I've wow. made this strawberry sauce and like the bright red sauce yeah that, that's like gonna make something that would always taste nice but be ultimately sort of yellowy white um just like completely and utterly inject life and excitement into it to have this like light strawberries tiny bit of icing sugar and lemon juice oh yeah icing sugar <laughs> really does sharp things as well right yeah yeah it does that's like very textures pretty. like yeah like a sort of um, snow I, snowy theme what is the most so so um i so i had I spoke to a food or oh, stylist who's different to a food photographer but ultimately they mm-hmm. work together a lot and um i think the most beautiful like the most artistic food apparently so the hardest to but hardest food to make look beautiful is like anything yellow or brown. So like lasagna or like a cottage pie, stuff like that. It, that's why yeah. there's always like some sprig of inedible herb on it or just something to like lift some colour into it or whatever. Um, but yeah. they, they, they said the trick is to make, they, they do lots of like taking pictures from above to make things mm-hmm. look bigger than they are, especially uh. that if they're doing like diet food photography. They make it look bigger by filming it, uh, photographing oh, it from above. And then... That's so um, cheeky. Yeah, they make everything look much shinier than it is. So lots of spraying with water and oil on things. Yeah. Um, and then, what was the other thing? And lots of height. So a meal that's like, you're able to make tall. So I suppose the perfect thing, like... I was going to say off the top of my head, but I've been talking about it for ages, would probably be like a stack of pancakes, but pancakes that perhaps yeah. have blueberries in or something to like pop out of the white with some bright sauce on it, some bright, fruity, dark winter fruit or summer berries type sauce all over it. Maybe with like something stacked, maybe some crisscross bacon stacked mm. in a cross along it. So you've got a tower, so you've got height, colour, it's relatable. Most people have tasted those tastes. They're going to get like sensory, tr- happy sensory triggering from seeing that. Yeah, I'm going for that. That's a great answer. Because the um, the triggering thing is right. I didn't really think about that because often the sort of nicest looking food, I think, is is quite complicated, like brightly coloured, lots of different ingredients. But that's definitely an important factor, isn't it? The fact yeah. people can like recognise, oh, I love pancakes. Boom. Yeah. And I wondered, this is quite a niche question. There's yeah. lots of examples of food in art, specifically fruit. And I wondered if you oh, yeah. had any favourite bits of food in art. And also, don't worry if you can't answer that, because it's a very niche question, and I don't think I've really prepped you at all on it. So, Well, um... I was going to ask, I, well, I was going to ask you, like, because I, I don't, I what are the things that food has meant to represent in art? Like, it's a weird one, isn't it? I think I've mm. probably only ever seen it in relatively 
modern art, often maybe to even like the point of it is to look a bit disgusting. I feel like traditionally it was um, used a lot to sort of represent decay, like especially fruit. Yeah, yeah. So there's often like bits of orange peel, disgusting. You know, yeah. I hate oranges. You bloody hate um, oranges. <laughs> or like manky, mouldy apples or something. And there's lots of symbolism of death and that sort of thing. Um, then, yeah, grapes yeah. as well. I read food something about... Food equals death. It's weird. Food that. is death. Everything's death, isn't it, basically? Or sex. Yeah. Um, grapes <sighs> are wine. Jesus is blood. <laughs> Everything's about Jesus or death or both. Do you know the painting by Van Gogh that's called Potato Eaters? No, tell me about that's potato a great, eaters. It's a great picture. I wonder if Stuart can maybe get it up on the screen. It's supposed to depict the harsh reality of country life. So it's like peasants with really coarse faces and like right. working hands eating potatoes. And some of the perspective isn't like quite right on it, but it's just quite an evocative painting and quite oh, a good like like, foodie one, I think. There's um my son's got a book called The Enormous Potato that's really good and that's got great illustration in it. I should look up who's done it. What's it called? The Enormous Potato. Really good. The Enormous Potato. But because my son couldn't say that when we first got the book, it's sort of known in our house as the Enormous Potato. And um. Potato. It's about this. Yeah, and it's got this like it's very characterful, and at the end, and it says. It sort of keeps drawing you out of the story and being a bit self-aware. But yeah, ultimately it's about a farmer that sows a, has a, a potato that has an eye. Oh, look at this. Oh yeah, right, we're being shown oh, potato, potato eaters. <laughs> yeah, they don't look sort of healthy, do they, the potato eaters? Though it's quite sort they of cartoony bit... almost, isn't mm, it? Yeah, and although, yeah, it is. Quite animally, they've made everybody look. Yeah. Quite sort of, well, not quite grotesque, but yeah, cartoony, accentuated, yeah. great big hmm. nostrils and stuff. Um, potatoes. Apparently, I used to pronounce vegetables gentables. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost rude. They're yeah. the best mispronunciations. I want some more gentables. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Have you heard of um, a woman who's, she's quite big on Instagram. She uses food called Stephanie Sarley. No. 
she's you'll love this this is like she makes fruit look like totally filthy it's like oh, brilliant sexualizing everyday things that we eat so like well let, i'll get an example that is like it's become like aubergine emoji and stuff like that it's gone bonkers isn't it People. yeah and what is it uh, basically is it like a peach is a bum an aubergine's a willy and a taco is meant to be the ladies bits oh is it i never yeah know, i never know what to put for that <laughs> it's a taco it's a taco oh i've been going wrong with the cat emoji right <laughs> so jess have a look at this oh my god oh my god that's disgusting oh so she does hell, these really rude yeah it's really rude but it's like she's just stroking a pineapple but it looks like porn so it's allowed on um instagram. so yeah she's it's allowed on instagram um so it's like wow. she's sort of caressing a papaya this all these videos like rubbing a courgette until who knew the a... inside of so many fruits look like a... i know tuppence oh i don't like the ones where she <laughs> filled things up with white liquid and squeezed it ow what's she done to that satsuma <laughs> she's, she's, i she's hate a load that of jizz in that satsuma that ugh, that's gross <laughs> Oh, I That's thought you'd like it more nice. than you've uh, proved. She's shaving. She's shaving a banana in one of them. She with is like an old eighties bic. I'm just fisting a pumpkin. She's, she's oh dear. She so is. I I do I like the ones that are like yeah when she's sort of yeah, stroking a peach. Like it's a bit more subtle. A peach with a bit of honey on it. Why she added something that looks like jizz? No, I don't want there to be white bits around it. That, <laughs> that is yeah, not Yeah, it's quite gross. gross. Oh, I, I hate anything with an orange, obviously. So that is a nightmare for me. But yeah, I'm less into well the ones done, where she'll Stephanie. like put a thong on a pumpkin and stuff. Well, I felt very affected more, by slightly that. Slightly more subtle. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite, Um, it does something to you, doesn't it? Here's one where she's it put... Pins oh my God. in a in banana, a... which is in a condom. Hmm. Something to think yeah. about, isn't it? Yeah, this, I've got an awful lot to think about off the back of that. I like the colours <laughs> of the pins. Oh yeah. no, something terrible. She's just spanked a pear. She's spanking a pear and that's its bum. I do call the bottom of a pear its bum and she's <laughs> put a finger right in she's that. She's put a finger in that bum. Absolutely and torn it into. Has... It's funny, isn't it, that that can just be a job? She fingered a pair to death. Yeah, it's great that that can just be a job. And you and I, of all people, are saying no judgment. That, no judgment. Yeah, no exactly. judgment. Good for you, Stephanie. Good Imagine what you. her Christmas is like, sort of chatting to the family. How's work? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, highs and lows. Yeah. What are you up to at the moment? Oh, you know. Well, there was a time where it got quite hard to get hand wash and um, that for me was very rough going because I need a lot of that in my fruit fingering. I'd love to see her sort of workspace. Sort of, I wonder yeah. if she has like a desk she sits down at to do the, um, you know, fingering the fruit. Oh, right, I'm doing your dad's uh, jumper now, but it's quite difficult to do in um, these two colours that I've chosen. A, yeah, he's got a black. 
jumbo, isn't he? I'm doing his nose. <laughs> okay, I think I'll stop being, stop being too kind now. I'm going to go a bit abstract on his Ooh, love it. hue of him. I've mixed the two colours together to make a sort of, um, I want to say mushroom grey, actually. Okay. I can't imagine from your description of your dad that he has many clothes that are mushroom grey. No, he doesn't have many clothes. Like, he's the kind of guy who, <laughs> he, um, he, uh, I mean, I remember him wearing tracksuit bottoms that had, like, no knees. But then he had to wear a suit for work, so I think I always, when he had a job, would think, mm -hmm. oh, he's just, like, it having his downtime, like, but actually, I think he's very scruffy right in his soul. No, I've inherited oh, really? that too, but equally I have inherited slightly more kind of, well, a lot more care of what the world thinks of me. Do you think that is a sort of female thing that we Maybe, have to care more? Yeah, yeah, definitely an element of that. It's not um, accepted as much, is it? For no, to look scraggy like, woman. Yeah, like there's stains all on you. There's a lot more judgment. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard for us. Blah, blah, blah. Blah. I've made him look quite cool, actually. Oh, nice. Sort of rock star. Well, so was your dad, um, did he work for Moet? Is that right? Yes, he worked for, when, for, he's always worked for wine companies. So he worked for a company, I don't even know if they exist anymore, called Grants of St. James's. Mm-hmm. Since then, he had a smoothie business for a bit. Wow, from champagne to smoothies. Yes, driving round giving people a smoothie. Lovely. If they wanted one. <laughs> like, sold it Not to if they didn't want one. Yeah. Uh, so, were you at university in London then? Yeah, I went to um, LSE. Ah. Um, and did a degree I've never used. What was that? Law. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh. Were no you ever tempted to go into into it? I mean, I guess, yeah, when you studied yeah, it. Yeah, I did do a that... few mini pupillages and I thought about being like a criminal uh, barrister for a bit, but only very briefly. I already knew that if I um, wanted to succeed at that, that I would need to... Um, I, it would need to be the only thing I wanted to do. Um, yeah. Because it's, it, criminal law is... Like it's basically the most interesting and the most earnest, so it's the least well paid and the most competitive, or it certainly was then. So okay. I um so I thought, well, there's no point then. I, have a go at the other things you're interested in because mm -hmm. if you do want to do that, you need to come back to it when it's all you want to do because you're gonna to have to give it your soul. Which I ended up doing as a comedy, you know. So yeah, I don't um yeah no no regrets. I, I think also I was like gonna to want to do something a bit more secure than this which is ironic comedy is not so did the experience of or did you ever get to practice law were you just studying it no. for your degree no i just got i did like shadowing of some when you do a mini pupillage you like you work in a chambers as a dog's body basically for a for some for some barristers for a couple of right. weeks and i did like a handful of those and i loved it actually but again like i just i don't know i had uh, I think at the time I thought, go and do some travelling or something. Mm 
mm-hmm. and you'll come back ready to like give it a whirl. But yeah, I sort of came back and started writing, doing silly comedy things, and then that was that. Nice. Yeah, I've got a friend who's a lawyer, and she's had a real love hate relationship with it, and she's quit oh, and really? worked at a charity, and she's gone back to it. But I think you do have to. It just occupies your whole life, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's much like any um, self-employed profession. It's like if it starts with a passion and then actually you have to go through in a million different um, versions of yourself and your life mm-hmm. to keep it alive and to keep it keep yourself happy, really. Keep yourself challenged but, not be, but feeling like you're mm, achieving mm-hmm. and, not, and sink, you know, swimming more than sinking and yeah. all of that really hard i don't I, I have no regrets at all. i have this really weird utterly unfounded theory that if i so my first choice of uni was bristol and i got mm-hmm. like an out and out rejection from them like it wasn't even a conditional if you got all a's or something but um right. i sort of have this really solid based on nothing theory that if i had gone to bristol that i would be a lawyer oh really because i wouldn't have met any of the people who are in my life now other than my family and my friends yeah. from school every single friend you know, enemy, lover, everyone I've ever met since feels like a consequence of coming to London. Mm. And, it, and being in the intercollegiate halls that I was in, like where I met my friend Claire, who work, works in art now and stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know, it felt like really 14. And, and did yeah. you do any comedy while you were at LSE or did you get no into it? No way. I, I only saw, I saw stand-up twice in my life ever before having a go at it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I went to see some stand-up in Freshers' Week and loved it. And I look back now and think it was probably really hack. <laughs> it was like yeah. really, really It'd sort be of um, to re-watch obvious one-liners. Yeah, totally. I remember like one-liners about, oh, this guy had a one-liner about things of my girlfriend are pretty shaky. She's got Parkinson's. Hmm. But, uh, it's it's yeah. a classic. At 18, <laughs> at 18, I was like, ah! <laughs> he's a genius. What a brave genius. Do you do CrossFit? I've just started doing CrossFit. I haven't, like no. I would like to. I think I'm quite intimidated by like the concept of it. But mm, I, I think I, it depends where it is. It can be a bit cliquey. But, yeah. Um, How did you know. get into it? So one opened at the end of my road, so it felt like a no-brainer, like a new gym run by a woman, like a nice. young woman who's a weightlifter. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, this feels a bit meant to be. And... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, Susie Ruffle, who's a mate who lives nearby, had jo- mm-hmm. joined it and started in her, like doing it in her garden. Yeah. So I started doing it like that, and then, yeah, I mean, so I'm only a few months in. It's really, I find it really hard, but I think um, I realised I'd kind of come to a bit of an impasse just doing the power, not just like just doing the powerlifting lifts. I'd never had a go at any Olympic lifting. Like, what's Olympic lifting? So I think powerlifting is like deadlifts, squats, push mm-hmm. press, and bench press. Yeah. And um and then it varies if you go and do strong strong person competitions. But um Olympic lifting is uh it's a lot more uh rotator cuff stuff. So it's a lot okay. more like flinging things out. So like snatch, which is where you have a wide grip and a hook grip, and you yeah. learn to like shrug it up from the hip to that oh, up there right, with yeah. your head through it's a lot more um and then clean which is where you do again do that shrug but you just bring it to up there 
mm-hmm. you do a lot of like front squats and stuff like that. And then from there, yeah. you look, you kind of, there's a, a lot of more shouldery things, like a strict press, a push press where you're allowed to bounce, and then a jerk, which is where you're allowed to jump, which sounds like it should be harder, but it does make it easier to lift heavier. And then mm-hmm. a split jerk where you jump, uh, but then your legs go into a lunge. Wow. And yeah. did you not get, whenever I've tried, like, even, what's it called when you have the bar behind your neck and lift it up? Yeah. What's, what kind yeah. of lift is that? That's the back of the neck press. Back of it. But it really behind hurts neck my neck. <laughs> Does it not hurt yeah, my neck? Yeah, what, because, oh, yeah. No, oh, I don't know. I think, I think that's a mobility thing. Right. Like this, Maybe. having it in front of me there on my shoulders killed for ages and it's only just stopped killing in the last like month because I think you just get your yeah. mobility a bit better in those areas. Yeah, I would like yeah. to do a bit more weight stuff. It's always the thing at the gym that I would just never do. Like I feel like I'm yeah. quite used to running and aerobic stuff, but actually yeah. building strength is something. It just is a totally different discipline, isn't it? Well, I think that's where CrossFit's really good because it feels like a great unifier. Um it can be very cliquey and it is like a cult if you join the wrong one or whatever. But um, it's so funny that there's like loads of women there from running or cardio, basically, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, there's men from weightlifting, but then also there's like me, who's a woman from weightlifting going in there, having to learn all the cardio and the gymnastic stuff. There's men, yeah. there's an ex-dancer, a man who's an ex-dancer, who's the first ever time he's ever done weightlifting. It feels like all the world's colliding and it's not like... You do it for yeah. a long time before you're encouraged to lift anything heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I think if you're kind of like into the aerobic side of things, you can pick up. So, for example, it's going to take me years if I ever will be able to do a pull up, body weight pull up, or like mm-hmm. handstand push up, and all the gymnastically type things. Whereas I think the people in like smaller bodies essentially can pick that mm-hmm. stuff up as soon as they've got like a little bit of strength up. But yeah. for me, it's making all my PBs go up for my for my weight stuff so yeah Yeah. i think it it sort of does a bit of everything for everyone and do you think more women are getting into it or what's the ratio of i think more women are into weightlifting than they've ever been before really um and um yeah i don't know i don't know i think it's just the stigma's sort of getting lost a little bit in a nice way that it's okay to look a bit strong if you're a woman or look Mm -hmm. really strong um, and not yeah look hench and not feel like you've um sacrificed your femininity rather kind of you know break like it's all coming at the same time as all sorts of realizations about the nature of gender etc i think whereas like we've built this mm-hmm. we've built these concepts and confines that are so unhelpful that if we yeah. and if we can just I let think... that go a little bit then it's fine for a chap to be as slight as he wants or you know and it's got nothing to do with sexuality it's got nothing to do with i don't know yeah the confines of our ideas of gender are just that they're useless concepts i think that's probably why going back to the sculpture there's been so much controversy about the tiny tiny woman yeah you made this tiny little woman and it's meant to be a comment on her power yeah and you've given a tuggable moth yeah she should be dead lifting really (laughs) yeah she should. That would be amazing. Yeah. Jess. Yeah. Another art question for you. Okay. Do you, do you own any art? Yeah. What you got? What I got? I don't know. Uh, so I just do a thing where, so uh, 
um, until recently, a couple of years ago, I had either lived in shared houses or lodged lodgings mm -hmm. that weren't mine or whatever. Um, or for nine years, I lived with my ex who um, is, denies it a bit as a hoarder. And so mm -hmm. I never, I'd have like, and I've still got a few of them, but like film posters, student team mm -hmm. type stuff, yeah. film posters or photo collages, but no art. Oh, oh. And this house that I'm in now, is the first place where I've, um, I don't know, had like that it's felt like it's mine at all to do anything yeah. with and to put up, up with. I have a mixture of stuff. So I have things that have been gifted to me, mm -hmm. some of which I love. Um, um, things I've been given by my mum. I noticed you said some of which I love. And obviously, mm. I'm interested in uh, yeah. So <laughs> the I'm other not stuff. very good. At, I'm absolutely terrified of upsetting my mum. That's so fine. I say yes. So so so, mum gave me very kindly gave me some furniture they were getting rid of. Yeah. Um, but sort of kept saying, "Do you want this picture of these sunflowers?" Which, in fairness, like represent it's more than the sum of its parts. It's been in every house I've ever lived in with her. So mm -hmm. it does hold a lot of uh, emotional weight it's a you yeah know, i don't and i don't hate it to look is at, it the like, sunflowers by Maybe. van gogh no no it's not Imagine. but it's a print it's similar to that like it doesn't yeah I'm, it's never set off any fireworks for me right. and that's one where i she said do you want that and i was like do you know what i don't and i was really brave i was like, I, I actually don't i'm gonna say no to that i want to get all the yeah. furniture in i want to settle in and then i want to think about art Mm -hmm. to go up and she was like okay and then just sort of packed it up and gave it to me anyway so that's up um <laughs> no I means no mum no no means no I've got though that one of my favorite things that's also from your mum I'm going to show you it that her, yeah. one of her best friends who's called Sue Lansbury who's extraordinary sculptor made is this that I got for my 30th <gasps> Wow, that's amazing! And it's made out of the stunning stone where I'm from in Dorset on the Jurassic Coast. Yeah, it's so cool. I don't know. If and that's beautiful. Like it's, and it's like I'm more careful with this than I am with anything else. That I yeah, am, including my own child. So, what's it's the figure like made stone. out of? Um, I think it's water. Is that stone as well? No, she's Ooh. metal. It's not as fragile as she looks, but it's like this, it, it makes, it's all rough stone here, and then it's all these amazing shiny rocks, and then cool. where I'm from in Dorset, yeah, it's called the Jurassic Coast, and it's this ancient, mm. beautiful coastline where, um, it's um, the best reference point, if you've never been, is um, it's very near to where they filmed, um, oh, what's that, Olivia Coleman and David Tennant thing? Broad oh, yeah, Church. Broadchurch, yeah. yeah. So it's I have like, actually been, it's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah lovely, there's a lot going on in the cliffs, like mineral-wise, colours-wise. It's absolutely yeah. it's quite strikingly beautiful. And this is like this woman staring, in my mind, staring along that cliff edge out to sea. And there's loads of amazing walks I do around there. I so, actually, yeah. when I went there, it was in the summer, and I saw a seal. <gasps> wow! So exciting! I don't think I'd ever seen oh, one in nice in the UK. Um, <laughs> like and the then, wild. oh, I love it! I don't think I've ever seen a seal in the wild. My nanny used to do dolphin watch down there. Oh wow! It's called Dolphin. School, but so that's a lovely sculpture. Um, I think she only ever saw one dolphin in seventeen years. God, 
But these and days, can you even call it dolphin watching if if that's yeah, the exactly. uh, if those she are didn't stats? Mind. She's really? sort of now these days. She used to admit that she'd only ever seen one dolphin, and these days, she says, "Oh no, I saw a lot." Yeah. Oh, really? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> let her have it. Let her have it. And um, so now, no, I now I do a Like I, my girlfriend got me some very cool little um pictures. This is Glasgow artist, I think called Ross something, um, who um takes like classic images of icons, Frida Kahlo, mm-hmm. um, people like that. And then um, puts them in Adidas tracksuits. <laughs> so Amazing. I've got some of those. They're cool. And then other than that, I do a thing where um, I find artists on Instagram. And then if I like their work, I ask to buy some. So yeah, some it's, it's such like a good that. way, isn't it? Of yeah. Discovering new and, people. And I, uh, yeah. And other friends have, who do that and I share people's profile, you know, with each other. Yeah. And um yeah, I bought a thing recently from um a woman called Kaylee Priest, who's a friend's girlfriend who lives in New York and she's done a series of paintings of um predator predatory men, famous celebrity predators. Oh yes, this is the guy. Amazing. Yeah, he's being shown this... a Ross, Ross Muir. Muir. Yeah, that's amazing. What are the chances? I'm wearing an Adidas top. Way! <laughs> yeah, I really like the one of Van Gogh, cool. especially. Yeah, Van yeah, Gogh. Yeah, that's and a really Adidas good idea. K A Y L E I G H P R E S T. And if you scroll down, you'll see the Hulk one that I've got. Oh, amazing. Just crying, just this little glistening tear. Ooh, lovely. Yeah, that's beautiful. but no, she's the. She's the partner of my lovely friend and comedian, Paul Sweeney and Barber, um, who I've known for years. I used to work as a zombie at Madame Two Swords with him a long, long time ago. Oh, that's amazing. Um, And he, yeah, and they're they're an item. And so he told me about her. And so I looked up her Instagram and was like, oh, my God, that's so fucking cool. And I asked if I could buy it. And she said, yes, please. And he brought it back just before the first lockdown for me from New York. He only just made it back. And it's taken oh, wow. me recently to get it framed. But yeah. And then the other thing that happens is like, I feel like quite often that artists are drawn to my attention because they donate a piece for charity to an auction. So I find yeah. out about stuff that way. Like, so I know a brilliant poet, Selena Godden, and she mm-hmm. was um, making a piece for a fundraising thing. And everybody was... All the artists involved in it were doing something to do with Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think even though galleries and exhibitions have had to shut, I think lockdown has weirdly been quite good for a lot of artists and yeah. everyone's at home like wanting to make their space more livable in and look at nice things. And Instagram has been incredible for a lot of, like especially new artists. Defo. Oil or watercolour? Oil. Contemporary or cubism? (laughs) Um, Contemporary. Running or CrossFit? CrossFit, all day or night. (laughs) Singing or dancing? 
Mm, I'm going to have to go dancing. Grapes or wine? Wine. Deadlifting or squatting? Thumbs on a stick. Deadlift. I can deadlift more than I can squat. How much can you deadlift? 145 kilograms. Jesus Christ. That's insane. Portrait or landscape? Um, landscape. Can you separate the art from the artist? Yes. I say that so that I can keep watching the work of people like... Keep consuming the art of, or craft of people like J.K. Rowling and Ricky Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, tortured artist or logical parent? Oh, definitely logical parent. I'm a pragmatist. Talk about or think about art. Well, you must do both. Think first, think. Think first and then talk. For the podcast, we must do both. Um, Looking at a painting. (laughs) Sorry, I'll start that again. Looking at a (laughs) painting. I just forgot how to speak. Looking at a painting close up or far away. Close up. Private view or view of privates? Private view. Hollywood or tuggable pubes? <laughs> tuggable pubes. All day or night. Art or tech? Art. Art or books? Books. Art or food? Food. Pooing or weeing yourself? Weeing. Is what you do, Art? No. And finally, dicks or pussies? Um, pussies. Thank you very much for coming on my highbrow art podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Da 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 da. Okay, you show me yours. Oh my god, that is amazing! No, it's it not amazing. I love it's it. Like Jeremy Clarkson. But the style—it's such, it's such a, long, long a unique style. It's like it—it. It, Reminds me of sort of Family Guy or something. It's oh. really cool. It's like a trendy family portrait. I love it. Oh, thanks. I love the colours. I thought you were very brave at the time to start with a black pen doing the outline. Did you? And I thought, I don't know how this is going to go. And I think you've absolutely nailed it. Okay, phew. Never in doubt. Love the milk you, uh, bottle. Looking at, it, looking at it now, it's like she definitely started with those glasses. Like, the glasses are so much bolder than anything else on the page. Yeah, but I don't mind that. Titchy little leg, little tiny knees. And I but love actually, I don't the... hate his hand now. No, the hand is quite cool, actually. Um, it looks like that Shrigley... Do you remember when David Shrigley had the big thumb in Trafalgar oh, Square? Yeah, it's yeah. sort of, like, in the style of that, I think. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I love the addition of the baby hat. It's really great. Okay. It's, yeah, so technique, 10 out of 10. <laughs> Commitment 10 out of 10. You've done the sofa, for God's sake. I mean, I've done a bit of the sofa, but you've definitely nailed it. Oh, I can't wait to see um, yours. I love it. It's so good. Thanks. I love doing mine's, it. Mine's quite wet. I don't know if you can see. Oh, my God, it's awesome. Oh, God, yours is quite... Oh, I feel a bit emotional. Yours is all awesome. <laughs> that really... look. That looks like the picture loads more, even though it's... Squiggly paint. It's a bit squiggly, yeah. Squiggly oh, and wet. Out of ten for everything. <laughs> You've given him a much less thinning hairline. Have I? I? Like it. Oh, look, and the baby's head is all perfect. 
Yeah, I quite like oh, so Arthur's nice. little head. Arthur's I don't know if I'm holding it. Head. No, it's lovely. And it's so <laughs> three fingers around it like a that, The hands are really absolutely awful. It. Really I let myself down hands. with the hands. No, it's ace. <laughs> it's really cool. Love Jess. What a woman. What a chat. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast. Remember to check out mine and Jess's artworks on Instagram and Twitter at Secret Art Pod. If you're not already following Jess, then what the hell are you doing? She's on Twitter and Instagram at Jessica Foster Q. Remember to listen to her podcast, The Hoovering Podcast, which is also on Instagram and Twitter at The Hoovering Podcast. Makes sense. I'm on Twitter at Annie McTweet and on Instagram at McGrath.Annie. I've got a website for my art, don't we all? www.amagra.art. Hope you're all doing okay. Thanks so much for listening. Keep doing what you're doing and see you next time. As in, won't see you, but hear you, hear me, hear me next time. You get the idea. Secret Artists is a Turtle Canyon comedy production for Acast. Music by Alistair Clayton. Quickfire Round Music by Steve Dunn. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.